We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. The end of the year is in sight. Can you believe it? 2021 right around the corner. We are in the Christmas season. Hopefully you're enjoying your holiday season, whatever that holiday is. My name is Bo Matthews. Thank you for tuning in. We've got a great show planned for you. But uh, one story that popped up to me I thought was so cool because it is the season of giving and inspiration. And hopefully that will be done, according to Ali Bank. Kids born in 2020, boy, they're going to hear a lot of things said about this year that they were born in. I always love seeing those those you know cards of the year you were born. I you know go look for mine and find out what the number one song was and what uh, the headlines were and all these different things. What the most popular TV show was? Well, check this out. Alley Bank. Uh, which is an online bank, they want to send uh, those kids that are going to be born uh, at the end of this year a message that there is a great reason for optimism. They are offering a $250 savings account to all babies born on December 31st of this year. So if you uh, are awaiting the arrival of a baby, well, make sure you keep this on your radar. An average of 10,000 babies are born every day in the U.S., and that is Allie's way of thanking the very last babies of the year for helping us end 2020 on a very positive note. Just go to Allie.com to find out if you have a, a savings account that's going to open up for your brand new baby on December 31st, if it's in fact born on that day. Another thing, uh, we've been searching and searching for different holiday movies. Now, Christmas Chronicles, Kurt Russell was in it, and it was a great movie. The first one that came out was fantastic, and I don't do movie reviews like uh, Mark Reardon does, but uh, we've been searching for great movies to watch this year. And Christmas Chronicles 2 came out, and it just, you know how they say, it's just not as good as the original. Boy, it wasn't that the case. But one movie that my wife and I did find, and we saw it, and we enjoyed it a couple of weeks ago, was Deck the Halls. And ironically, my wife says, I'm not, I'm not a real big Danny DeVito fan, but for some reason she, uh, she loved Danny DeVito's character, Buddy Hall. Uh, he sets himself on a mission to use Christmas decorations to make his house visible from outer space. Think of those in the International Space Station looking down on Mother Earth and what lights they can see. Well, there is actually 
uh, a survey done, and it was revealed that how many lights would it take for your Christmas tree to be seen from space? And scientists reveal that it would take it would take two thousand six hundred eighty three LED bulbs to make your festive decorations visible from orbit. Student researchers were inspired by the theme of that movie, Deck the Halls, that I just mentioned, which came out in 2006, and I had never seen it until this year. Fantastic movie. It was fantastic. So if uh, if you want to be seen from space, from Santa, from the International Space Station, or the reason we're celebrating Christmas, uh, you might want to go out to the dollar store and get some more LED lights, and a lot of them. Now, last week, we spoke to Marshall in Troy, Illinois. He's got uh, the Troy Toyland which is a, I mean, it's a beautiful home. It's a normal home, normal neighborhood, but the Christmas lights are over the top. And I encourage you to check him out and, and go for a drive. Get the family loaded up and head over to Troy, Illinois to see Troy Toyland because the whole neighborhood has been infected with the Christmas spirit. And it'll just cheer you up when you see this. Now, coming up on the program uh, that I have for you now, we are going to be talking to Jeff Allmeyer and Jeff is in the St. Louis, St. Louis County line area, and he has done something really cool with his house and another attraction to load up the family and go for a drive. Uh, we're going to be talking to Jeff and see why he has the Christmas spirit running through his veins so much. Now, we are going to talk about some Christmas stuff, but we're also going to talk about some serious things. Greg McBride from Bankrate is going to shed some light on the, the situation that a lot of Americans are in right now, which is it's kind of scary. I mean, we're still you know waiting for the next shoe to drop on, on certain things regarding the stimulus plan, regarding the vaccines. We're going to talk to Greg in just a moment uh, about where the world is and where we have been and where we've come from. That's coming up in our next segment. We also have a bow on the go stop, which ironically, I was out shopping for my wife last weekend through Facebook Marketplace, and I found exactly what I was looking for for her. And I go, and it was one of the coolest places I've been in a long time, and so we're going to have a bow in the go stop right after we start the second hour of the program. But hold on to your horses, or should I say reindeer? We're getting started next after this break on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. It's The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. My name is Bo Matthews, and it is true as the COVID-19 pandemic worsens and state governments implement uh, more restrictions Listen to this. 42% of U.S. households say that their household income is still below pre-pandemic levels as a direct result of this outbreak that we're dealing with. And I have on the line as my guest, uh, Bankrates.com's chief financial analyst, Greg McBride, to join us here on KMOX. Welcome, sir. Uh, let's dive into this and find out what you have found out in your analysis of what this country is going through and maybe what the, the planet is growing through right now. Oh, well, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, we've actually, we've actually looked at this twice just because this has gone on so long. Right. We looked at this initially back in June and looked at it again here recently. And um, it's the situation is, is deteriorating. It's not even holding steady. It's definitely not getting better. Um, and so what we've seen, uh, half of all U.S. households have at some point seen their incomes go down due to the pandemic. Uh, and it's rebounded for very few. Uh, as you noted at the top, 42% of households still dealing with an income that's lower now than it was pre-pandemic. Uh, we also see uh, more pessimism in terms of when people feel like that income is going to return to pre-pandemic levels. More than half of those 
whose income has declined, I think it's going to take at least six months, if not more, for that income to come back. And that's up from 37% back in June. So that speaks to some of that increasing pessimism and deteriorating uh, situation I'm referenced a moment ago. Well, I, I, can, I can share with my personal feeling is that every once in a while, it kind of catches me off guard, just the this anxiety that just kind of weighs. Because at the beginning of this, you know, when we heard, uh, you know, President Trump and, and all of the scientists that he was working with on the, uh, on the COVID-19, uh, you know, team, uh, it's going to last a couple of weeks. Okay. We're going to, we're going to go through this a couple of weeks. We're going to shut it down, you know, lock down everybody. And it just keeps going on and on and on. So as we look towards the future, what in your best, best guess is going to be the best way to get out of where we're at right now as a country as a whole? Well, the good news is with the vaccines now coming out and, and widespread availability expected around the middle of next year, by the middle yeah. of next year, enough of the population will have been vaccinated uh, that we can hopefully have some return to, to, to normalcy. That's the good news. And I mean, at that point, we could see, I think, a surprising snapback in economic activity just so. because there's so much pent up demand. Yeah. But we got to get there first. And, you know, that's I think that's going to be the, 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 the trouble spot is that the next several months, um, we're still dealing with elevated levels of unemployment. We've actually seen a deterioration in some of the fundamentals on the economic rebound. Uh, unemployment claims are rising again. Uh, long-term unemployment is on the rise. More and more people now reporting they've been out of work six months or more. Right. We've even seen softness in consumer spending, um, you know, during the holiday season. So I think that really, you know, illustrates the widespread nature of this. And uh, again, with curtailed activity, you know, so different states shutting down different, uh, you know, things like you know restaurants and things like that. That there's going to be, um, you know, more of an economic headwind. And it's going to mean more hardship over the next several months. So I, I think you're you know, right. Longer term, the the vaccine is, is a favorable outlook. Like I said, we got to get there first. It really is. And and uh, again, we're talking to Chief Financial Analyst Greg McBride from Bankrate.com. And here's the thing: is we realize now, this far into it. Uh, how much entertainment dollars are not being spent, whether it's sporting events, just going out to dinner, traveling, all these things. Those are, those are you know, economic engines that were roaring before this all hit. And there's a lot of people that I know that have, you know, a career, a nine-to-five career, but they never did give up their service industry job, whether it's bartending, waitressing, uh, waitering, whatever you want to call it, because that cash was so prevalent. But it's a little scary when you see how many people are not working. In some counties, like here in Missouri, Jefferson County is a lot more lax. Restaurants are open. So you see, you know, you can see the traffic and stuff. But you just mentioned Christmas shopping or holiday shopping is down. Of course it is because most people are trying to work remotely and, you know, stay close to home. Uh, It's just frightening. But here's something that I'm really intrigued at your answer is if we're in this in this situation of Americans, how in the world can the stock market be roaring like it is right now? Well, it's, it's a great question. It's one I get asked a lot. <laughs> well, you got it again. <laughs> <laughs> well, Wall Street and, and, you know, the stock market is uh, a reflection of future earnings expectations. So, you know, some of the best days for the stock market come amid, you know, pretty ugly economic headlines. Right. And the reason for that is markets are forward looking. Let's rewind the clock back to late February. You know, before any of us really knew the you know the seriousness of this pandemic, 
uh, you know, we were just kind of carrying on driving to work every day, like normal going to, you know, you know, going on vacation, you know, the Cardinals spring training was up and running, yep. but the stock market was rolling over. Why? Because of the expectation that, Oh, this pandemic is a thing and it's really going to hit the economy and it's going to hurt corporate earnings. And that's when the rest of us were still, you know, happy go lucky. Well, you know, now, you know, things are really dire from an economic standpoint at the household and small business level, and yet the stock market has hit record highs. Why? Forward-looking. The market right now looking at, hey, we got vaccines around the corner. By the middle of next year, enough people will be vaccinated. We'll see a surge in economic activity. Things are going to start getting back to normal. Corporate profits will start to rebound. That's what drives stock prices. So, yeah, there's definitely... You know, it, it can be counterintuitive, uh, but, you know, the thing to remember as an investor is markets are forward looking, not backward looking. Uh, and if you wait until all the economic headlines are rosy and there's world peace and harmony before you invest, you're either never going to invest or you're going to miss the, miss the rally. So, you know, sometimes you just kind of have to hold your nose and invest anyway because, it's, you know, those dark times is when, you know, the markets tend to rebound before the broader economy. That's a really good point. And one one note that I have from your people, 95% of households that have already suffered a decline in income due to the pandemic are worried about another hit in the coming months, including the 40% that are very worried, still 75% that did not experience any negative impact to their income to date are also worried about a negative impact in the coming months, up to, what does it say, up to 62% in June. So as we as we look at these spectrums the spectrums of the stock market and we see the you know the shutdowns of restaurants and and businesses which to me I heard a, st- a statistic the other day that less than 2% of of eating uh, in, an, in an establishment is responsible for the spread of the COVID-19 virus. So that's a little disheartening. It seems like overkill on shutdown when a lot of people are just going stir crazy and want to get out. So when you look at those two spectrums, do you see uh, a very uh, positive 2021 in, in the crystal ball that you look at? It depends on which part of 2021 we're looking at. Uh, uh, let's go June start. June to the end. How about that? Second, well, uh, third, and third and fourth. The outlook for that is much better. Even the majority of households that haven't seen their incomes go down are worried that they might. Right. Well, that's not the type of thing that gives people a warm and fuzzy feeling that they need to spend money. Uh, you know, and then there's the, the virus aspect. Even if people had the money to spend, they don't want to be around other people right, right now. Right. Um, and, and so, you know, you have to kind of get over both of those hurdles before the economy can, you know, start to click, maybe not on all cylinders, but certainly more of them. So what, when you look back on what you guys have analyzed in, in your department of bank rate, uh, you know, it, it has been what it has, but you're saying uh, probably third and fourth quarter are going to get to some kind of normalcy as the vaccines are rolling out a little bit better? Yes, but let me be clear. It is <laughs> but... <laughs> very much going to be what, what we will call a K-shaped recovery as far as the consumer is concerned. And like the letter K, there's one leg points up, the other one points down. You are going to have disparate fortunes for uh, consumers. Some are doing fine. They've saved up money. They've paid down debt. They can't wait for Cardinals games to be be open again and for the Blues season to start, and they're ready to rock and roll. And on the other hand, there are households that are out of work, have been out of work. They're wondering how they're going to 
you know, make ends meet uh, this week. Well, uh, and and that those are those are the stark realities that we will continue to see in in, in twenty twenty one. But I I always say whether you're a business owner or a private citizen, you need to find out what is available for you. And I understand, you know, our government is trying to come up with another uh, another uh, you know infusion of cash. The best advice I can give is to keep talking to your banker, keep talking, you know, keep checking the the uh, go- government websites to see if there is some help out there would you agree 100 percent, 100 percent. and you know especially when you mentioned talking to your banker there are a variety of payment relief options available right. on a scale we've never seen before so if you are suffering from a hardship you can get relief on that mortgage that car payment your credit cards but you've got to raise your hand and ask for it so very important to reach out to your lender Greg McBride from Bankrate. Thank you so much, uh, Chief Financial Analyst. If you get more information that you want to share with our area, we would love to uh, keep this uh, line of communication open. I look forward to it. Thanks a lot, Bob. Have a happy holiday, sir. Thanks. You as well. All right, coming up next, we are going to be talking with Virginia Cruda from The Daily Caller. Now, if you've never heard of The Daily Caller, I want you to investigate them because a lot of people are steering away from mainstream media anymore. Uh, This organization was founded in 2010 by Tucker Carlson. They are one of America's largest and fastest growing news publications. And Virginia Cruda from The Daily Caller is my guest next on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. It's the voice of St. Louis, KMOX, and as promised, we have uh, an elite reporter, uh, Virginia Cruda from The Daily Caller, is uh, somebody that I've become uh, friends with. I'm going to say we're friends, kind of, uh, and, and kind of <laughs> sibling military brats. You're a third-generation Army veteran. Uh, you're the veteran. I'm actually just the Air Force brat. Uh, but Virginia Cruda from The Daily Caller, she has daily duties in what she what she does and watching the view is one of those things <laughs> she's also a coffee enthusiast and beach bum where is the world at now virginia oh my goodness everybody is mad about this uh biden's campaign manager jen o'malley dillon which is really funny because they've been introducing her lately as the first the first woman to run a successful Democratic campaign. Well, they got to throw Democratic in there because Kellyanne Conway was actually the first woman to win a presidential campaign. And we can't talk about that because we're really, really excited about all the firsts coming for president-elect Joe Biden, right? Right, right. Well, Um, so we say. Yeah. So, and that's funny because, and and that's also why you'll see them saying that um, Pete Buttigieg, uh, Mayor Pete, is the first openly gay man to be nominated for a cabinet position. That's because Richard Grinnell served as a cabinet member under Donald Trump, but he was appointed, um, or he was he was directly appointed. He wasn't nominated, right? Because right. Because he was filling in. So they have to make these clarifications so that Biden can still be the first. Yeah. You anyway, know, and um, I, can I just interject here? I, oh yeah, sure. I really don't care what somebody does behind right. their bedroom. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And I guess Same. the inclusion culture that's out there. I, okay, whatever. If you want to check this box off, fine. That's fine. I just don't care. I mean, good for you. But it doesn't matter. You know, as a matter of fact, the term homophobic, and I'll just put this out there. Phobic means you're afraid of something. Right. I have friends that are homosexual. I I don't, I'm not afraid. Right. And, and I'm, you know, and I'm not afraid to have somebody who, who lives, who lives that way. I'm not afraid to have them in a, in an elected, you know, position or, or what have, I don't care. I don't want to know. 
you know, what's interesting, and this, I'm going to throw back to Army because you mentioned this. One of the things that was happening just as I was getting ready to get out um, was the repeal of Don't Ask, Don't Tell and, and all of this stuff. And they were so sensitive about this. Like if I, if I had an issue at home, say I had gone through a divorce and I had kids and I, you know, if something happened and I was explaining to, uh, you know, one of my higher ups, what was going on, the pat answer was the army did not issue you a husband and children, (laughs) which means it's still your job to do your job. I don't care what happened at home. Exactly. I mean, to a degree they did and they, they had my back and they took care of me, but when it comes to the little things like I'm late because they don't care. Right. The right. army did not issue you a husband and children. And I, but then when, when it came down to it and we had, we had several, um, several people that worked in my department who, who were coming out because they were allowed to now. Um, and they would talk about stuff. And if, if we were offended because they were talking about, um, just graphic details of a weekend out partying. If you said something about it, then you were the one who was in trouble because you were not being accepting. And, and I'm like, I would be offended if one of my female friends were saying the same things about her heterosexual dating life. Exactly. That, that, t- t- TMI. It. It's TMI, right, Virginia? Exactly. From the dailycaller.com, right. Virginia Crude is our guest. Uh, there's a change in the tune. Trump says, as of Thursday, he has nothing to do with the potential prosecution of Hunter right. Biden. Uh, this mm-hmm. is a story from uh, Christian Dotak. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so tell me what you know of that story, because it seems like that came late. You know, the, the bigger information, it was it broke before the election, but it's coming out after. And I've, I'm sure you've seen the polls where, you know, there are Democratic people yeah. that have voted for Joe Biden and says, you know what, I probably would have not voted for him had mm-hmm. I known this information. So where are we at right now? I think that there is no question in my mind that the media won this election. This is this is not an election that was won by Biden or lost by Donald Trump. This, right. is a, this was an election that was won first and foremost by the media based on what they chose to cover, what they didn't choose to cover and how they covered what they did. So, um, and and that's where you're seeing this. Well, if I had known about the Hunter Biden story, well, yeah, a lot of people didn't know about it because the New York post had, had the, uh, the stones to post something on it. And then when they did, they were banned from Twitter. They couldn't share anything on Facebook. They couldn't, you know, and anybody who shared it got banned from Twitter. So this was, and that's social media, but none of the other networks would cover it. Or if they did, they would say, look at what Fox News is tailspinning themselves about now. Ha ha, this is a big joke. Well, turns out it maybe wasn't a joke. Now, I'm not saying that Hunter Biden needs to be prosecuted and Joe Biden is obviously connected to it. No, I'm saying that we should want to know and we shouldn't shut down anybody who is willing to talk about it. I, and so that that's the main issue. And because, you know, people talk about what media covers and how media covers. Yeah, 
But the main problem, I think, is more what they don't cover or what they choose not of to course, cover. Of course, they're pushing the narrative that they want. And, and the CNN tapes right. that have been released now, and I've listened to several mm-hmm. of them, it's, it's, yep. it's actually kind of frightening because, you know, let's say, you know, five years ago or even a year ago, when you thought of what you thought a communist country news agency would be reporting, you'd be like, ooh, that's, that's kind of dirty. It just kind of feels wrong that they're only telling right. their people these things. And now right. we're looking at our mainstream media going, oh, my goodness, there's somebody outside of the government that is actually controlling the narrative. And we've got the yeah. we've got the audio proof of it. That's the craziest part. Mm-hmm. And this was um, Tucker Carlson. I, I, it was probably a few weeks ago, um, had a really good, uh, good takedown on this. And he talked about how um, there was collusion in the 2020 election, but it wasn't with a foreign actor. It was between Democrats and media. Yeah. And that's kind of what I was getting at, that the, that the media is who won this election. Um, and if you look at you and you, you look at the coverage, uh, Peter Ducey, a Fox News reporter covering the Biden campaign. I don't know what his political affiliation is, and I don't care. I'm not I'm not worried we, about we can assume. You know, but yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, he works for Fox and yeah. OK, but but he's been covering the Biden campaign and he's been pretty pretty even-handed about it at, at least as far as i can see he's just asking and, reporter questions that's what he's doing yeah. and and he asked a question at a biden event about the other day about hunter biden and biden responded thank you for your congratulations and walked off the stage now what would be the story in a country that is interested in promoting actual news would be the fact that Biden is not answering a question about a story that has now crossed over into mainstream media. Okay. But what was being reported by the other pool reporters was, Hey, Peter Ducey asked a question and he got shut down. Right. That's the story. But that's not the story. It's not the story. I I think I saw a similar clip where Biden said, I'm very proud of my son. And he walks off. Well, yeah. Yeah. And, and you know what, but it, you know, as we've said, you know, a number of times to answer the question in that way is to answer the question, yeah. you know, it or to not answer the question is to answer the question. It And and there are very few the lack of curiosity in most media outlets really is striking, especially this past this past election cycle, Yeah, um, because, you know, we wanted to do you remember when it was a big deal? that Donald Trump had two scoops of ice cream after dinner. Yes. Yes. That, and, and they were like, well, well, you know, he had two scoops of ice cream and somebody had to taxpayers are paying for this. And who cares? He's the president of the United States. Let him eat the ice cream. Um, but, but then when, when Joe Biden was on the campaign trail, the first question they asked him was what flavor milkshake are you getting? <laughs> right, I remember like, that. That's not a question. That that no. reporter should get their certificate removed from the college or whatever institution they went to. They were even-handed in covering the ice cream habits of both people, but <laughs> Amazing. really, really. I, I think a lot of people are saying just those words. Really? Like we, we're, <laughs> I'm waiting for what else is going to shock me, and it's kind of scary. But let's to, yeah. uh, let's wrap this up. The Associated Press claimed Wednesday that Trump wants a special counsel to be named in the Hunter Biden investigation, effectively ensuring that President-elect Biden cannot dismiss it after being sworn in on January 20th. That is from the Daily Caller. So I think this is a smart move. And he says, I have nothing to do with this potential prosecution of Hunter Biden. Well, right. I, 
I don't think he has anything to do with it. I think there are a lot of people um, within the administration who are pushing for this because they know what's likely to happen. Yeah, they know. Uh, and, and these are people with more information than we have, with more access to classified documents than we have. And if they think that there's room for an investigation, and I'll say what I said when they started the Mueller investigation. If you think you got enough, by all means, go dig, have fun, you know, um, and, and that's, that's one of the reasons that, I mean, if you look at what I thought was interesting is this uh, report from, uh, oh gosh, now I'm going to forget. I think it was, um, Ron Johnson and Chuck Grassley who put out a letter saying, Hey, we've requested these documents from people associated with, with Hunter Biden. This is, um, uh, some of the other, uh, Devin Archer, some of the other big names that were involved in Burisma, James Biden, uh, the, the president-elect's brother, brother was yeah. also named. Um, they have been re- requesting documents. They sent the first letter requesting uh, an interview with Hunter Biden and Devin Archer, I believe, on September 23rd. Um, they have previously sent two requests to other individuals with ties to Burisma and other other issues involving Hunter Biden. Um, requesting documents and interviews. Um, two other two other um, requests have okay. been sent out since then. Um, and Hunter Biden and James Biden's attorneys have refused to cooperate. They have not gotten anything from anyone outside of Tony Bobulinski, who appeared on Tucker Carlson's show oh, yeah. uh, prior to the election. I saw those. He's the only one who has responded to anything. They noted in this letter that they released, I believe uh, Catherine Herridge at CBS put it out, that when the Trump team was asked to appear, they did. When Trump's children were asked to give depositions for hours at a time, they did. They did, yep. They made thousands and thousands of pages of documents available. They did it. They didn't, uh, even though people said, oh, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to. He never fired Robert Mueller. He let the investigation play out. And I think that that's what they're asking for with regard to Hunter Biden is the same opportunity for Joe Biden to sit back and let the investigation play out. And hopefully that's exactly what's going to happen. That would be a, that would exactly. be a Christmas gift. That would be a Christmas gift. Uh, <laughs> you can find Virginia Cruda at the Daily Caller. And where else on uh, where can we find you on Twitter and all socials? Um, on Twitter at VA Cruda. I have a um, public Facebook page under Virginia Cruda. You can find me there. Parlor at VA Cruda. I'm all over the place. Well, thank you for your service to this country. And thank you for your service to Americans on getting the truth out. Virginia Cruda, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you, ma'am. Same to you. Have a good one. And speaking of Christmas, do you love Christmas lights? Well, there are some fantastic displays all over the bi-state region. Last week, we talked with Troy Toyland. This week, we're going to talk with Jeff Ulemeyer. He has his own over-the-top decorations. We're going to talk to him next on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. I think we all need a infusion of Christmas spirit this time of the year, especially the year we've all gone through. Last week, we put the spotlight on Marshall's display of Troy Toyland. You can go to TroyToyland.com to find out directions there. But Jeff Ulemeyer has a display a little closer to St. Louis, and you have Christmas spirit pumping through your veins, don't you, sir? Well, I do. At this time of year, I am a 66-year-old 
kid at heart. And we need, we need, everybody needs an infusion of the Christmas spirit. And you made news uh, on Channel 4. They did a really nice piece on you. But tell me about your display. Well, uh, every year, I've uh, for the last 10 years or so, I've, all, I've had uh, lights outside and made a little display. And every year, I keep adding to it and adding to it. About 15 years ago, I obtained a 1950s, amusement park train that came out of a uh, an old closed down amusement park in ohio it's so awesome uh and it's it's electric the individual cars there's five of them right uh they go around the track independently and you can stop one and load and unload that while the other four are going around the track uh, and so forth so i'm decided to set it up uh, in the center of my front yard and use it as the centerpiece for my Christmas display. So, so this is something that, this is just debuting this year, the train? Well, this is the second year I've had it, uh, that I've had it uh, running and outside as far as part of the display. I put this up every year. This is my, uh, the fourth year uh, that I've been here. So the neighbors are uh, all on board. They're, they're, they're all good. You've had no, no calls to the police or anything like that. Too oh, much traffic. No, no, and uh, and surprisingly, there hasn't been a lot of traffic, and but I've had a lot of uh, a lot of groups of, of parents and kids and grandkids bring their, uh, come for a ride. I'm out there from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. every night uh, <laughs> through uh, through midnight, and I give free rides. And I uh, the big thing is uh, accepting donations for the Shriners Hospital for Children in St. Louis. Yeah, let's talk about that. That is a wonderful hospital, and we talked to them about a month ago leading up to Thanksgiving because they had a big fundraiser out at Family Arena. Jeff Allmeyer is our, our guest right now. Oh, it's Yulemeyer. I'm sorry, Bo. Oh, well, I've said it wrong all along. How about we just go with Jeff? <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. Don't, don't feel bad. You're not Hold the on. First. Hold on. Before you go any further. You have Yule in your name. Yule. Interesting, isn't that, it? That just blew my mind. <laughs> I'm Bo Jingle Matthews. Uh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> that's fine. Well, my uncle, uh, Oscar Showalter, God rest his soul, he was a lifetime Shriner. And when I was little, uh, he, my father would take me to the uh, Shriner Circus, and Uncle Oscar would get me backstage and I would get to meet all of the clowns backstage prior to the show and watching them put their makeup on and, and getting autographs and all these things. And I, I, re, I remember that that is impressed in my mind to this day, six yeah. years. Later. Um, so I, when I brought my train out, uh, you know, so I wanted to, uh, you know, maybe, uh, donate it, donate the time and donate the, uh, rides to the kids in the neighborhood. And at the same time, collect donations for the Shriners in memory of my Uncle Oscar. I love that, Jeff. That's that's just fantastic because that beautiful hospital along I-40 is uh, is just so fantastic and the magic that they do there for so many young kids. And, and you know what it really gets to me? In spite of the current stresses that we have and the way of life we have to uh, encounter right now, the support has been overwhelming. I mean, this is from the people who have come there. And they're leaving with smiles on their kids' faces and at the same time leaving their kind donations for the Shriners. Last year, it was Tim Mazzell from Fox 2 came out. And he even he took it, took it for a ride, only yeah. lasted one lap and derailed on the air, but that's all right. <laughs> okay. and, and, then, and, and then this year, uh, this year uh, Steve Harris coming from uh, KMOV Channel 4, uh, he did a great, a great clip. And, yeah. Uh, 
he now he went five laps and didn't uh, didn't derail. So I wanted to make sure that he wanted to make sure I mentioned that. And so uh, uh, Tim Mazzell would hear that. <laughs> They're good friends. They're good friends. Nothing, yeah, to, nothing to see here. Uh, nothing to see here. No. Yeah, I mean, and then from that, and then Dan Hurl, the assistant manager at Home Depot in South County, donated a brand new fire pit. I, I, I showed him the video last Saturday of people standing around in my yard and and the driveway and and by the street, and it's freezing cold out there. Oh yeah, it's been getting a little nippy. So he donated a brand new fire pit. And some and a starter log, and then I go down the road a little bit. And I stopped at uh, Cotton's Ace Hardware on Lee May Ferry. Oh road. yeah, I've been to that one. Yep. Mr. Dan Peterson uh, donated. I've got two shopping carts of wood. Wow. So and then the and then the piece of resistance. Now I got support from you, Bo Matthews, and KMOX Radio. <laughs> Nothing could be better. Well, uh, we're going to be warm tonight and through New Year's Eve. I'm I'm going to extend it to midnight New Year's Eve, and that's when I'll turn it off. That is fantastic, Jeff. It is so cool because I'm going to tell you in this in this you know this anxiety that we're all kind of hanging on to from this pandemic of this year. My my right. wife just the other morning we're having our cup of coffee in the morning and we start talking about the big world stuff that's going on, the election, the COVID, blah blah blah. All of a sudden, she just breaks out into. Uh, joy to the world. And I was like, <laughs> and so I jumped in and started singing with it. We felt so much better. So what oh. you're doing, what you're doing, Jeff Yulemeyer, and Yule is in his name, like a, think of Yule Log. <laughs> Have you thought of that before? I, no, I, I'm, I'm glad you, I'm glad you, uh, caught that you have yule in your name that's amazing it's the it's the christmas magic buddy uh so (laughs) so if people want to get out of their four walls and they want to go for a little drive and 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 see your place and maybe i I don't know if you're offering rides or whatever but how can we find you online to send people towards you well uh you can uh, you can uh, contact me on facebook uh just put my name in there jeff ulemeyer u-h-l-e-m-e-y-e-r contact me there on facebook and instant messenger the address uh for train rides for the kids and and a warm place to wait <laughs> thanks to the hardware stores right yeah. <laughs> right uh is four zero zero eight healy h-e-a-l-y court 63123. I'm right on the South County, South City border. We are going to send as many people to you as we can uh, We can find. Can I commence just one more thing? Of course. Uh, and it's directly related to the Shriners. Uh, last week, I had a, uh, a couple brought their two-year-old uh, son here for, and heard about it and brought their two-year-old son here for a ride. The mother's name is Jennifer Stewart. Okay. They She... Brought their child, and she and she said, "I have to tell you something. I saw that clip that uh, Steve Harris did on Channel Four, and she said it put tears in my eyes. I told my husband we have to go there now, and they came there. And the reason I I, I said, well, that's great. I'm glad, but why would it make you cry? She goes, well, my son is a Shriners child." He is still a uh, getting treated at Shriners Hospital. Wow, two year old, and you ready for this? His name is Oscar. Only he spells it O S K A R, and my uncle Oscar was O S C. Whoa! I mean, is that something? I love that. You just blew my <laughs> mind, Jeff. This is crazy. Now, before we before we end our conversation, which we're going to do here in just a second, I have to ask you. Who is snoring near you? 
Oh my gosh, that is my that is my puppy dog Molly. I am so sorry. No, I love it. I love it. My my cat. Oh. Hey, my cat's been scratching on my leg half this uh, conversation too. <laughs> Uh, she's a lap dog. You know. That's awesome. Well, uh, you you pat. I, I hopefully didn't mess up your 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 audio there. It added to the magic, sir. Have a merry That's- Christmas and have so much fun welcoming people into your neighborhood. The same to you, Bo, and to everyone else out there. Have a an important safe and happy holiday season. And to you as well. My name is Bo Matthews. Stick around. We're going to take a break, check on the news, and we're coming back with a Bo on the Go stop, and we're also going to talk to the leader of a podcast called St. Louis Leaders, next on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. All right, this is a bow on the go. I'm out and about uh, early on a Sunday morning. I was on uh, Facebook Marketplace looking for uh, a specific ladder for my wife for her art studio. And I found it, and I got to chatting with a, a guy named Rick from this company called Barn Again on uh, Facebook. And all of a sudden, I was like, okay, I'm headed your way. And I get out here, and this is the coolest place. It's a it's an antique mall, but we're behind it in a, in a place, a business called Barn Again. If you're driving down a country road and you see a barn it's about ready to fall over i think these guys want to talk to whoever owns that derek welcome to KMOX. how are you man yeah i'm doing great bo thank you uh, so how long you been in this business barn again yeah we've been doing it for about four or five years and it started out um we used to make some reclaimed wood tables and then just started sourcing wood on my own um my wife grew up in saint genevieve so we knew some people down there with uh barns and buildings and it just kind of started and took on a life of its own how did you find your home to be here in chesterfield uh well we we uh my wife and i have a booth in the chesterfield antique mall so we we make some reclaimed wood furniture and my wife paints some furniture and it's really more of a vintage mall and we just really enjoyed doing that and uh um struck a relationship up with the owner here and and he rents me some uh, workshop space so we set up shop here you have a lot of educators or in the education uh industry that are working with you yeah i do i have a lot of uh people that come out and work we work mainly on the weekends and i've got a few retired teachers and coaches and uh we really just all enjoy uh, each other's company we like getting out in the uh, country and and meeting people and and enjoying the uh the fresh air and uh, getting a good day's work absolutely keeps your body moving too exactly exactly uh, so so uh if people don't know where you are what you are you sell uh, items for other people doing projects too. I know there's Pinterest people that do their own stuff. You do that stuff. You provide that, right? We do a ton of it. We do about 15 barns a year, and uh, really we'll spend a Saturday tearing down barns, and we'll come back and clean the wood. And then in our workshop, uh, every couple of weeks, we whenever we start a barn, we have uh, reclaim wood, old windows, hooks, trolleys, uh, hinges, beams, windows, uh, rusted barn tin, and uh, right now it's just really on trend people like accent walls they like building furniture um and using tin for uh rustic ceilings and walls and all that probably more so this year than ever because a lot of people staying home isolation they're you know trying to figure out projects they want to do to their house i've heard that the home improvement industry is just booming if you could get material 
Yeah, we, we do. There's a lot of people with time that, uh, that they're redoing homes, but we also have a lot of DIYers that people come out and play around. They do a project and they really seem to enjoy it and it turns out nice and they come back and make another table or a frame or something like that. And some people like our, I've got a neighbor that uh, does Pinterest parties, like 15 people get together and they all do the same project, but they do it in their own little style. And I, I, they've got to find you. They've got to come out here. Now, how, do people normally find you on Facebook? Um, we post some stuff on, on Marketplace, Facebook. A lot of times we'll tear down one day and we'll be out cleaning wood and people just stop in and see what we have. So let me let me understand. Kind of paint a picture for our listeners on this bow and the go stop. of uh, You get a call from somebody that says, hey, we got an old barn that needs to come down. Is that how the, is that how that works, or do you see something for sale and you go and do that? Because people, you know, they have property out there, and yeah. some some things need to be brought down, and they need to bring it down safely. Yeah, it's 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 a little bit of both. A lot of it's word of mouth, and we've started out. I've got a wholesome crew. Like I said, they're all uh, high school teachers and coaches that work for me. Well, the name of the company is Barn again. It's got to be similar to exactly. Yeah, exactly. I hope so. <laughs> but uh, quite but you are but you are working on a Sunday. Yeah, we, we are. That's true. <laughs> true. True. Um, no, but we carry. I carry a two million dollars liability insurance and we do uh, a contract on the barns and and we just do a nice job we keep the customers happy and they refer uh to uh family and friends in the area we try to stay within an hour of chesterfield um that so you, way. Got, you guys are getting known you're getting known for yeah. this oh we, 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 like i said we, we probably have four or five barns lined up at any time and uh um, doing about five, we do about fifteen barns a year. That's amazing. That's amazing. I've always heard of the, you know the Amish uh, construction guys come in and they'll barn, they'll raise a barn in a, in a weekend. You guys tear it down in a weekend. Uh, not quite a weekend. We might make a few, <laughs> we might make a few trips, um, <laughs> w- you know, weather permitting. And, and oh then, yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, and it really all depends on the size of the barn, and and we do it all by hand. So it's really pry bars and chainsaws, and uh, when we get get it lean, and then we'll pull it down with a truck or a, or a tractor. And, I mean, I've uh, been. I, especially well really both missouri and illinois you know so many old family farms and stuff boy you drive down the road and some of them look like they're about i mean ready to tip over right now that's a good candidate for you it it definitely is and we just we will go assess the barn and find out if there's enough good wood for us and if we can uh um, come to an agreement with the owner and help them out it works for both of us as i look around you've got gears and sheet metal and corrugated metal and barn doors and all kinds of stuff this is really a cool place and you said you've been in business how long there about five years now yeah and loving it oh we really enjoy it we do it on the weekends and uh i don't know if i did it full time it might be work and i might not uh, not enjoy it as much but uh right now i got a great crew of guys and and uh we really have a lot of fun doing it so if the name of the company is called barn again and you are doing this on a sunday which is the day of rest right, right, right. this is a hobby this yep. is your pass a- absolutely okay you get a pass i guess yeah, yeah, absolutely <laughs> you mentioned you have booths in this antique mall here uh um, what if somebody wants to shop for something during the week? Is that difficult to do? Oh no, they uh, the the antique mall, and again, it's more of a vintage mall, so so shabby chic, uh, mid-century modern stuff. Uh, exactly, okay. exactly. And there's just a ton of everybody that comes in the mall loves it here. So um, they're open from ten to six uh, during the week, and Sundays uh, eleven to five. Okay, and, but this this company is you and your wife. But yeah. let's talk about the, the the wife scenario part of this. I mean, is she a big help on this deal? Uh, well, she lets me leave for the weekends and tear down barns, so that's helpful. <laughs> and uh, what's her name? Give her a shout-out. Uh, my wife is Sheila. Sheila, wife, you're an wife awesome woman. Wife of 30 years. Wow. Very, very patient, so yes. Congratulations Thank to you, you, man. you got a really cool thing here, and I wouldn't have you on my show unless it was cool, and you were definitely a mom-and-pop surviving.
living in this crazy year. 2021 is going to be a better year, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> God bless America. All right. Rick and uh, Derek out here at Barn Again. You can find him on Facebook, Barn Again. That's B-A-R-N, Barn Again. Uh, that's cool stuff. Uh, thank you very much for your time. All right. Thank you, Bo. Happy holidays. And uh, this is the voice of St. Louis KMOX, and that is a bow on the go. Well, with all the news that you hear about on a daily basis, did you happen to hear about hackers acting on behalf of a foreign government, almost certainly a Russian intelligence agency, uh, broke in to a range of key government networks in our country? We're going to talk with Nick Powers coming up next from Uncommon. He has done a deep dive on what's going on, and we're going to update you on it next on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. It's the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. My name is Bo Matthews, and now we are talking about Russian hackers. I've got Nick Powers from Uncommon in uh, Creve Corps here on the line to talk about government agencies being hacked by the Russians. And so we wanted to find a local expert. Nick Powers is that expert to talk about the implications of what what that's going to do for our country and what could it do for businesses in our region. Welcome, Nick, to uh, KMOX. How are you, sir? Hey, thanks a lot, Bo, for having me on today. Looking forward to the conversation. Well, I am too, and I know we should be talking about, you know, uh, holiday shopping and, you know, Christmas food, but uh, we need to talk about serious stuff here. So what have you found out, uh, even though the Trump administration acknowledged officially on Sunday that hackers acting on behalf of a foreign government, almost certainly a Russian intelligence agency, uh, has broke into uh, our networks over here? What, what, Where are you at right now in the story? Yeah, so you know we're about five days in, I would say, of of things happening, and it's been. I'll be honest with you, Bo. This stuff is changing by the hour. Yeah. It's incredible how fast this is moving. Um, essentially, what what has happened is there is a a software that uh, companies, including the government, put on their networks to monitor the performance of their machines, servers, uh, and other types of devices they use to deliver, you know, business systems. And this software is called SolarWinds. Um, and in particular, the platform that, that got um, hacked is called Orion. And so essentially what has happened is, is the Russian hackers, uh, the alleged Russian hackers from a group that is currently believed to be called Cozy Bear, which is kind of funny. Uh, the, the Russian hackers seem to like to name themselves after bears. They're, they're a few years back, there was a, another group called Fancy Bear that, that did a lot of, of hacking that caused a lot of chaos for a lot of different companies. And so um, this group, allegedly Cozy Bear, was able to um, social engineer or do other means to essentially get what we call a payload package into the source code of the SolarWinds software at the at the origination space. So inside of the software developers space um, in Texas where SolarWinds does all their software updates. And, and essentially, at that point, what they had was this kind of hidden, dormant um, uh, malware uh, that they could hopefully get into customers. And and unfortunately, for upwards of 18,000 customers, that payload hit pay dirt uh, in March and April of this year, and no one knew about it. And so we've been sitting on an invasion of our systems, including the federal government, for almost six, six seven months now. Well, and what scared me when I saw the headline, I've got to tell you, Nick, uh, when it mentioned the Treasury and Commerce Departments, I was like, oh, my gosh, how in this how in the world can this even be possible uh, with all the safeguards we put up? But but who's making the software programs and the malware programs? Who's making them? 
Yeah. So, you know, it's a combination of a couple of different places. So, you know, when, when the federal government brings on a software vendor, there's a lot of vetting. Um, there's a lot of things they do to make sure that the company's viable, that they're going to do their job to create secure software. And so they go through this whole process up front to make sure that this, this company will provide them with, with what they need. Right. Unfortunately, though, once that racial relationship's established, the checkpoints then after that are, are kind of, you know, they kind of touch and go. It's not like there's a defined, we're going to audit you every four months or something like that. And so I think there's there's an opportunity here to improve the federal supply chain from that perspective, because what has happened is SolarWinds has been doing business with the government for many, many, many years. Uh-huh. And, and so they've they've got a trust built up. And so they installed this software on all these machines. They trusted them implicitly. And unfortunately, you know, in fact, if, if you want to say this is the perfect hack, I mean, this is kind of the perfect hack because this is the software that you put on all your devices. And so the with the Russians doing this, it's obviously SolarWinds probably could have done a better job in protecting their network. We don't know exactly what's happened, how they were infiltrated. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's a breakdown of trust uh, in, in the supply chain. Well, follow the money is what they always say. But, you know, when you when you think of something like malware, that's if that's already on board in the software or the machines that are being, you know, going to be utilized, they just activate it remotely to get to where they want to go. Am I understanding that correctly? Yeah, definitely. So in this case, what they did was they they um, they inserted a payload called Sunburst is what that's what we believe to have happened right now. Mm-hmm. And Sunburst, all it does is open a back door. It just allows the hackers to come in. Um, they scan ports and they find the back door has been open and then they they go they get in. But at that point, Sunburst is kind of done. They don't really use it anymore. And so that's when it gets really crazy. They start putting all sorts of payloads of other malware into your system. And that's when it just gets incredibly chaotic. Nick Powers is my guest from Uncommon. Uh, So, you know, with this same with this conversation, if I can just adjust just a little bit to uh, the Dominion systems. uh, I've talked to some people in the IT world that say there's no way it possibly could happen. And other people that have said that it can. Where do you what side do you lean on as far as the uh, fraudulent election? That's a great question. There has been nothing reported today that indicates that solar winds was used to have an impact on the elections. Okay. And so that's that's all we have right now. Um, we you know, it's still emerging what has actually happened when it comes to DHS, Department of Justice, Department of State. All those agencies have um, have acknowledged that they're having a problem. Um, I actually got off the phone about an hour and a half ago with a cybersecurity expert that works in the Northern Capital Region for another very large civilian um, organization that said they had solar winds, but the way it was implemented, it actually isolated and was able, they were able to get away without having an implement, uh, an, an incident. So wow. there's a lot of opportunities here where maybe people did things that, that we don't see the, the problems, but, and let's just say, let's hope that the election was one of them. I would have to agree. I I will tell you this, Nick, uh, that the reason my wife won't let me buy a new TV for our household is because so many TVs come with cameras. Could you imagine? Now, this is me thinking outside the box here. I've got my tinfoil hat on. But could you imagine if every phone that we have, every television with a camera could, you know, in the software or whatever, in the back door, could just light up every camera to see every angle, wherever our, our TVs are, our computers are, our phones are, 
and it could be watched by somebody else. I mean, that's the crazy thing that we don't we didn't know this stuff was in the uh, in the government uh, you know platforms that we had an opportunity that they could you know get into the back door into the Treasury and Commerce departments. It it just we don't we don't know about that. Yeah, definitely, Bo. You know, not necessarily with solar winds in particular, but Bo, I think it's very important for all the listeners to know that it's important that as you buy your own home electronics, whether it be TVs, even microwaves and ovens. I mean, I actually have an oven today, Bo, that's connected to the internet if I wanted it to be. Right, I right. didn't do that, but it, it could be. Um, and most importantly, though, are, are these devices we use to monitor our homes, whether it be Alexa devices or other things. And or, yeah, there's ring a lot doorbells of, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so we want to make sure, you know, as a consumer, I would advise all the listeners, you know, don't necessarily take the cheapest thing. Make sure you look at the where it's coming from. Is it coming from China? Uh, does, you know, Google it. Um, there's a lot of articles out there right now of home monitoring systems that have been compromised by, you know, the Chinese government and other things. They've been hacked into. People can watch you. You know, if you put one in your bedroom, for God's sakes, yeah. you know, people are watching people in their bedrooms. So you need to be very careful with what you buy and bring into your home. Well, the intellectual property theft that goes on that we hear about from China is is vast and major. So um, I, I guess I would leave you with this tip. Uh, if you're listening, you're thinking, yeah, I don't know about that laptop camera. Uh, my wife's laptop has a nice piece of tape over that camera. <laughs> I'm not I'm not even kidding you a little bit. Well, Nick, it's a, uh, thank you very much for shedding some light on this situation. And as it progresses, maybe we can uh, reconnect again uh, with any major updates uh, on, on what's going on with this specific story. Yeah, definitely, Bo. You know, I'd like to leave your listeners with one last thing. So we have set up a, um, a special website. Okay. It's, uh, it's off of our main uh, website channel. So our, our, our website's uncomn.com. And if you do slash solar winds, we're going to continually update that page with more and more guidance and about the solar winds hack, who's been impacted. Um, we currently have guidance and standards that can be um, uh, linked into to other providers that can recommend, you know, if your business has solar winds and is going to be impacted, or if you're just um, curious and you want to know about how big this could be, because in, in all reality, this could be probably one of the biggest hacks in the history of our country. Um, definitely going into the billions of dollars. I, I know this morning it was announced that Europe and other parts of the world are also experiencing um, problems as a result of this hack. So this could be huge. And uh, wow. so anyway, we've got this page up that people can go to and visit if they if they want to get more information. All right, Nick Powers, thank you very much. Have a happy holidays and we will talk soon, okay? Thanks, Bo, and Merry Christmas to you. Yep, thank you. Merry Christmas to you too. There are a lot of smart people in our area and there's actually a podcast that features St. Louis Leaders. We're going to talk to the creator of St. Louis Leaders, Brian Bisking, coming up next on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. It's The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. My name is Bo Matthews, and it's only happened twice in my life, but I've been invited to be on other people's podcast, which is crazy because this show actually turns into a podcast. Some people may be listening to this podcast as a podcast on KMOX.com, and I'm honored that you are listening. But I want to introduce you to a guy who reached out to me through LinkedIn because he thought I was a good candidate for his podcast called St. Louis Leaders. Brian Bisking, how are you, sir? 
I'm good, Bo. Thank you so much for having me today. I really appreciate it. Well, the reason I wanted to have you on is because, number one, I was shocked that you wanted to talk to me, little old me. <laughs> uh, but secondly, uh, we are all looking for great leadership, and you have you have figured out a way to reach out to those that are uh, leaders in St. Louis to share their story and share their ways that they conduct business. So tell me about how long this podcast has been around. Absolutely. So we started back in the summer uh, of this year, so 2020, about six months ago. And the goal was to just uh, give a voice to the leaders that we have here in St. Louis, share their story, their journey, how they became uh, who they are today in the position that they are today, and share that with St. Louis so that St. Louis knows who really are the people that impact our community each and every day. You know, this this town, this uh, area goes back, you know, hundreds of years. And it's amazing when you when you hear of a story that happened in the 1800s or the 1900s and, you know, early on. And it's like, wow, these things, you know, we used to have a huge automobile, uh, you know, manufacturing. And I'm not talking, you know, the, the big three. I'm talking names that people moon was a car company in St. Louis. It, it's a lot of forward thinking people that have made this town what it is. So tell me about some of the cool guests that you've had a chance to talk to to your point we've had a lot of we have a lot of great people in this town and, and a lot of people in, in st louis maybe not you know may not know who all those people are and so the, my my goal is to share their those stories well we've had the ceo of enterprise bank and trust jim lolly on the show we've had kenny wallace nas former nascar driver and former fox sports radio uh, radio host um, on the show, we just had this past week Matthew Porter, who was the founder and starter of Contigix here in St. Louis, now the CEO of Invisibly. So we've had some we've had some celebrities, we've had some CEOs and owners of companies, and they're all great leaders here of our community. Well, the podcast is called St. Louis Leaders, um, and this is your original idea that you came up with, or, or was it a team of people that did this? I had the idea, and I brought in a partner. Uh, to kind of help me facilitate it and, and get it off the ground. And and we've been rocking and rolling ever since. And we're booked with guests all the way until April of 2021. So pretty exciting on, on how the community has rallied around us. It, you know, it is really cool. And again, I was honored that you reached out to me. Um, and and it was, it was kind of crazy after we figured out how you connected to me uh, through, I think, two different levels. Um, it, it was, it was really cool. And, and my podcast actually is going to be launching this weekend. Uh, so for people that, you know, want to listen to that for whatever reason, yeah. uh, you know, I invite you to do that, but I I've listened to previous episodes and it's, it's so cool to hear how people go about their business and what makes people tick because really like managers, which you, you would think a leader is a manager managing of people is the biggest challenge because you're dealing with so many different types of personalities. And right. there's been a lot of, of light shed on that, uh, to help other I think other leaders can learn a lot from your podcast as well. Absolutely. Yeah. The whole goal is for people to, like I said, listen to the leaders of our community, hear their stories, their journey, but also get some advice from these leaders on how they run their day-to-day -day operations, how they, um, how they think their mindset, how they view leadership, um, you, so you can actually get some tangible advice out of some of these episodes. hundred percent. Yeah. Brian Biskin is our, is our guest. And what, what did you, when you came up with this idea, uh, what made you think you were the guy to do this? What, what's your background is basically what I'm asking. My background is I've always been in some type of a sales role my entire career, and I've met some amazing people along the way. I'm a, I'm a firm believer in networking and having a go-giver mentality. Absolutely. And so I met some amazing people along the way, and I thought, what better way to share uh, my passion, which is simply just meeting new people and learning about them, 
what way, what better way to share that with our community than starting a podcast to be able to bring those those leaders and those people that I've met along the way on my show to share their story, their journey, and, and lessons that they've learned along the way that we can all we can all benefit from. And you know, it's it's interesting because I have friends that are about ready to open a restaurant. I'm like, oh my goodness, during a pandemic, and and <laughs> and, and, and and here you are starting this podcast. Well, I did hear some of the mentions of it. You know, de- uh, leaders that are dealing with how to manage getting through this crazy time that the world is living through right now. Uh, you, yeah. You've probably learned a lot of things from these people. Absolutely. I think every small business right now is dealing with the same types of challenges, right? Uh, people and keeping open and, and cash flow and all those types of things. And I've asked pretty much every guest since we've launched, you know, how has COVID impacted you? Right. How are you managing through this crisis? Um, and it's interesting to hear how, you know, pretty much every business is being affected in, in similar ways and how they're kind of managing through this. Well, I, I think it's a great idea and hats off to you for starting it during a pandemic. Um, <laughs> and it was an honor to be on your podcast. And for those that, uh, people that are, you know, leaf blowing or shoveling snow or working out and they listen to podcasts, where is the best place to find you in, in your podcast, St. Louis Leaders? Absolutely. They can find us at stlleaders.com is our website, stlleaders.com. We're also on Apple iTunes, Spotify, and Podbean, as well as YouTube. So any of those social media outlets, you can find us. We're obviously on the the big ones like Facebook, Instagram, uh, and Twitter as well. Okay, Brian, it is great to talk to you again. Thanks for being a guest on my show slash podcast. Um, I, I think it's a neat opportunity because in this world, we got you know you connect with people that uh, you can help and can help you as well. And I think that's the best synergy when it comes to you know whether it's a, a personal business, whether it's something you want to start off alone. You can be a leader in your household. Hello, what yeah. a concept, right? Absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> you can. And you know, when we actually had an episode about that. Um, episode, I believe it's episode 14, we actually talked to a guy named Christopher Ungerbach about actually being a leader inside of your household and how that can be so so important uh, for your household as well as for your business. I love that. That's great. Brian Bisking, thank you so much from St. Louis Leaders. Merry Christmas to you. Let's talk in the new year, okay? Sounds good. Thanks, Bo. Well, we are not done with 2020 quite yet. We still have the holidays to get through. And how are you managing it with the family? Well, the Windy City Nanny, Florence Ann Romano, is my guest next to give you some ideas on how to get through it and get focused and do it in the best way possible. Even creating a new tradition might be on board. We'll find out next on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. It's the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. My name is Bo Matthews, and, you know, for a couple of times, I have spoken to this uh, next guest uh, about various things. She's known as the Windy City Nanny, although if she ever wants to move south, she could be known as the Gateway City Nanny, just saying. Uh, Her name is Florence Romano, and we like to call her Lo. Welcome, Lo. How are you? I'm so well. I like that idea of going down there, down south, and see uh, what I can do down there. <laughs> it's got a ring to it. It's got a ring to it. But your your history of being a nanny for many years, uh, you are seeing a lot of families going through some struggles, as we, as we all have during the pandemic. But as we're getting close to the holidays, it's like, oh, what do you do? I don't even want to go shopping. I don't, so what are you telling your families uh, how to how to navigate the holiday season? I don't want people to throw away the holiday season this Absolutely year. Absolutely not. Ever. 
we've ever looked, you know, we've looked forward to it. This is the time that magic and blessings and all of those things, you know, we need to take a minute to, to enjoy that. And um, children have been robbed of so many things this year. I don't want to rob them of this season and, and, and adults need it too. So the traditions in life are what keep us going. That's what sustains us. That's legacy. And I want people as much as they can to tap into those traditions and try to do them even in a reimagined way. And maybe even this year, you may start some new traditions of your own because of this year that you might keep going. These are milestones that we hit. You know, Easter just went by the wayside. Uh, Fourth of July, Labor Day just kind of was weird. And now here's another year end milestone and it's going to be different. Are your families, are your parents kind of freaking out about it? Or are you saying, okay, it's okay to put the elf on the shelf again? I think the parents are worried that Santa is coming down the chimney uh, very, very soon. <laughs> and so I think they are scared about that. Uh, but, you know, I've been thinking about different ideas for people to feel like they're still connected to something. And one thing I keep saying that could be a lot of fun, you know, caroling is old school. Well, a new way of maybe doing that caroling is, you know, kind of flash mob style. You know, we can't visit people. We can't have company anymore. Maybe you go out with your friends or family that are in that kind of your, you know, centri- central bubble that you're able to be with, throw a mask on, go ring someone's doorbell, fly the feet away that you need to be and just start singing. And I think they will just have the biggest smile on their face to have someone at their door. And, you know, it's just so much fun. What a fun surprise. And if you don't want to do that, just get on the computer, you know, do a Zoom or press record and then send out a video of you guys singing Christmas carols together and crazy Christmas pajamas or whatever it is to your friends or family and say, tag, you're it and spread that joy. So yeah, but Gavin, the- Gavin Grusin, the governor of California, said singing is against the law. It's a, I it's a spread. I saw that. Oh, yeah, come I saw on. that, and I'm, I'm just not sure uh, where that, what that is, but I'm ignoring it. <laughs> well, you know, I, I have to tell you what happened, uh, you know, because my wife and I, we get up in the morning, we have a cup of coffee together, right, before we part ways and do our thing. And, mm-hmm. of course, it's in every conversation, whether it's our neighbors or whatever, it always ends up on politics and COVID. It's always there. And we're having our cup of coffee, and all of a sudden, she breaks out to, joy to the world. <laughs> and, I, and it was hilarious because it just took us off off base and we were like oh that feels so good (laughs) singing is what we need to do I know. Well, there's that elf movie, the elf Christmas movie. What's the lines that, you know, singing loud for all the hair brings Christmas cheer or whatever it is. You know, it's true. I mean, come on now. We are stripping everything away from people. I mean, singing, come on, let's not, let's not take that away from people now. I mean, I'm not asking you to stand next to someone and spit on them. (laughs) I mean, that is not what's happening here. I'm asking you to be safe about it, but please sing. I mean, I, I just don't want to live in a world where we're going to stop people from singing, but um, singing aside, I also think we are in such such an exceptional year for lots of different reasons. Um, one thing that I want to suggest uh, to people to do is posterity videos. So I grew up in an old school Italian family. My grandparents lived with us. And one of the best things about the holidays or just kind of any day of the week, we would take out that video camera and record my Nana and Papa telling stories. And oh, yeah. Those war stories a thousand times. And, you know, just have what life was like for them when they were younger. I mean, I found out in one of those sessions with my with my papa, that his father was a shepherd. That was his vocation, Bo, was he was a shepherd. 
And so, I mean, like when you find these things out, it's just wild. And so um, I suggest that people, if you even have to virtually connect with people over the holidays, press that record button, make sure you're keeping these memories. I know everyone's like, I do not want to remember a thing about 2020. <laughs> well, I'm not asking you to remember 2020. I'm asking you to capture these moments that you have with people that you love. Uh, so you have it for posterity. And you know what? You will be amazed by the stories that come out of the uh, those that came before you, because I found out late in my grandfather's life that he uh, was in World War II in the Navy. He was in the ocean. His ship got uh, got hit by a scuba diver, uh, uh, whatever you call it, kamikaze. And my grandfather floated in the ocean with a bunch of his uh, fellow sailors for three days before they were <gasps> found. I was like, what? Oh, my word. I never heard anything like wow. this. Uh, Isn't so there's oh, so much to learn. Cool. There is so much. My papa told us one more story, which I think is quite amazing. Truthfully, you have to believe in believe in God or believe in someone looking out for you for this story. It's God. He was in Foxhole, and he had a dream about his grandmother. And in the, in the dream, the grandmother said, get up, get up. So he woke up and got up and like went to use the bathroom. And after he got up and he came back, the Foxhole was gone. It had been bombed. What? Yes. Wow. That, goosebumps even saying it out loud. I mean, so, I mean, unbelievable. And even his grandmother that went, when my papa was born, she was holding him in her hands and she looked down at my newborn, ba- newborn baby papa and said to his mother, this one will go to war. And he did. I mean, it's incredible. The stuff you learn, but see, these are the moments. These are the moments you have with your grandparents. If you're lucky to still have them or just with aunts or uncles or whomever, you know, get these things on tape because after, you know, my grandparents are gone now. So my children, We'll never know them, but I want them to know them through video and the stories and that, that legacy. So make sure you're capturing that because believe me, you are going to want it one day. And you know what? And they want to talk about it. You've just never yeah, asked. They maybe sure do. <laughs> they do. They sure do. They are ready to go. I mean, Papa was teed up with those war stories. I mean, any hour of the day. So they, they are ready to talk. That's a, that's a, a great subject matter. And what did you call the video? What did you call it? Uh, pro, not, posterity videos. Posterity. Oh, that's an old cool term, but I, you know, growing up, whenever we would talk about kind of legacy stuff, a term that we always used in our family was posterity, posterity videos. So that's for posterity. Uh, And the final thing I'll kind of mention that I've talked about is kind of a riff on the 12 days of Christmas, the 12 acts of kindness, or the eight days of kindness if you celebrate Hanukkah. But this is a really good time of year to be putting an emphasis on philanthropy and teaching your children about giving back. And I remember when I was younger that we were always assigned a family through our church. And every Christmas Eve, we would go to that family's house and bring food and presents. And I remember very vividly as like a five-year-old little girl looking at another five-year-old little girl and thinking to myself at that moment, my goodness, our lives are so different. Our Christmases are going to be so different. And it stuck with me. And so, you know, not that you have to go do what I did, you know, when I was younger, we certainly can't do it with COVID, uh, but it's about putting the emphasis on giving back. So the 12 days of kindness, put something up in your house, a piece of paper, you don't have to do a craft that you're going to say, these are the things we're going to commit to for the next 12 days. I'm not going to fight with my siblings. I'm going to empty the dishwasher. I'm going to listen to mom and dad. I'm going to write a letter to a veteran or a sick child in a hospital, you know, just making sure that we're putting the emphasis on others right now. Generosity. And it's a mission. You can make it a family mission, even during this pandemic, more more importantly now than ever before. Right. I mean, that is the thing I'm seeing more than anything is there was a food drive the other day that my friend was uh, part of, and she was part of the, the one of the organizers. And she said that they hit a 
like goal that shattered records for that organization's mm. food pantry from the time of inception. I mean, that's how generous people were this year. And I just, that moved me honestly to tears because so many people are suffering in so many ways and people stepped up this year in an outstanding way to help others because they knew it was more of a challenge than it's ever been. It's beautiful. All right. Florence and Romano, otherwise known as Lowe. Thank, thank you for joining me. Have a very Merry Christmas. And uh, yeah, actually, we may talk again next week, if, if you don't yes, mind. Yes, Merry Christmas. Merry and Christmas. Here's to a better new year. <laughs> Amen to that. Joy to the world. <laughs> Thanks, Lo. Thank you. And speaking of holiday traditions, is fruitcake a tradition in your family? It's not in our family, and I'm probably thankful for it. I mean, I've tried it before, but according to Wikipedia, fruitcake is a cake made with candied or dried fruits, nuts, spices, and optionally soaked in spirits. Well, that might make it better. I didn't know that part of it. Well, the fruitcake is the butt of many holiday jokes I heard a comedian say one time. Fruit, good. Cake, great. Fruitcake, nasty crap. Well, millions are made and sold every year, mostly during this time of the year. I don't know anybody uh, slicing into fruitcake in July, Ooh. but uh, there's a small town in Glaxton, Georgia, where there's two bakeries. They make more than 4 million pounds of fruitcake each and every year. Both bakeries say Claxton is the fruitcake capital of the world, despite a similar claim made by a company in Corsicana, Texas, home to Collins Street Bakery. And here's a fruitcake joke for you. The only reason people buy fruitcakes is because they can't pass up any food with a five-year warranty. There you go. That and ramen noodles, right? Here's some crazy stuff. This year, this year's been upside down anyway, right? The world of 2020. A lot of people are putting baby Yoda on top of Christmas trees this year. Have you heard this thing? Holiday gatherings looking a little different. And if you've seen it, it's gone viral. And you know if it's gone viral, it must be true. But a lot of people are putting a baby Yoda on top of their Christmas tree. That's their Christmas tree topper. And uh, people on social media started sharing their baby Yoda tree topper pics a couple of weeks ago, spurred by a tweet that showed Grogu looking perfectly handsome in his elevated spot, talking down to the rest of the world. That's what Yoda does. And if I can take you back to your childhood, do you remember how excited you were for Christmas morning, especially Christmas Eve when you knew you couldn't fall asleep and somehow you were able to do that at some point, probably well past midnight as you were waiting on Santa Claus. Well, it seemed like I always woke up before my parents did. And a lot of kids do that very same thing. Guess what? There's been a survey done. Parents of young children will be getting that rude awakening on Christmas Day as their excitable kids get up at precisely 6.44 a.m., and unsurprisingly, teenagers are least likely to be up before their parents with just 15% waking up before 7. Uh, yeah, at this stage of the game, I'll, I'll get to the presents when I get my first cup of coffee in me. And speaking of early mornings, winter begins officially on Monday at 4.02 St. Louis time, just to keep you up to date on what's going on with that. And I've got a show note for you. Uh, Mark Reardon is going to be taking a few days off through the holidays, and they've asked me to come in and host on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday of this week, so I'm looking forward to it. Matter of fact, we are going to have uh, some special guests lined up for you, including St. Louis's power couple. We've got uh, Lauren and Lance Karen. 
They have recently moved back from Florida after a three-year stint down there, just like me. We're going to talk to them because they are inspirational people. Number one, you see them. They are truly St. Louis's power couple, uh, but they are fitness advisors. They are life coaches. They are their husband and wife. They're just a fantastic team and some of the nicest people I have ever met. So we're going to introduce you to uh, Lance and Lauren on Monday afternoon. So hopefully you can tune in. I'll be on starting at two o'clock on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, just before uh, Christmas break. So hopefully you can join me, and it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for listening to this program. My name is Bo Matthews. You can download the podcast at uh, radio.com's app. If you have that on your phone, uh, you can do that. You can share it, and you can hear it in crystal clear digital sound. You can also find it at KMOX.com. So in the meantime, enjoy the rest of your weekend, and I will see you back here on Monday afternoon at 2 o'clock on The Voice of St. Louis, KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.